Welcome to The Clappers. This is Andrew Young. And this is Carl Quinn. Wherever you're listening in the world, you're aware of coronavirus. <coughs> no definite article from me. Thank you very much. Now, while some Melbournians are warming their hands on the bonfire of one restaurateur's career, there are other restaurateurs who Melbournians should be feeling bad for. They're the ones who own... Chinese restaurants that are now empty, normally hundreds of bookings evening, the lunchtime rush is gone, one place is shut down in order to keep the other one open and it's very sad. I eat out at Chinese restaurants if I eat out at all from time to time. I go to lunch every Thursday, you, last Thursday. You check the, the prices before you go in, I am certain. Oh, I have Andrew the lunch Young. special. I have the lunch special. Of course you I'll do. Tell you, I'll tell you what it is later. But uh, Two courses and glass of water. Last week. Packed as always. Mm. This is a suburban Chinese restaurant. Me and my mate from work goes to every Thursday for lunch. Today, it was just us. Yeah, right. And, ooh, uh, I'm sure this is happening. In fact, I know this is happening all across Victoria or Melbourne, where yeah. the Chinese restaurants are, and people are not going. And I was saying to someone just before, there, these are hundreds, thousands of people in the city who go and have lunch. Where are they eating lunch? Are they all bringing it from home? Are they sitting behind the desk? Or are they going to, like, franchise hamburger joints because they perceive them to be healthier mm. than a Chinese restaurant because of this Chinese coronavirus, mm. you know? It's it's a funny thing. I, I detect a kind of I – don't, I don't know if you – Racism is the right mm. word, but a kind of like a cultural recoiling yes, yes. On, on the part of uh, a lot a lot of people who are not Chinese. Yes, and suddenly I think everything that's Chinese has got has got this mm. mark on it, which it's, is which is really silly and it's really unfortunate. Ri- it's ridiculous. And Chinese people are getting you know yelled at. I, I heard a woman say who has cystic fibrosis who said she had a coughing fit in a. You can look that up if you don't know what that is. It's a very serious respiratory chronic respiratory condition and she had a coughing fit in the shops like a, a mall everyone looked at her mm. with hate yeah, anger, right. you know uh it's yeah it's a terrible thing it should be a moment for the best in human nature mm-hmm. and yet you kind of feel that there's there are some of that no doubt mm-hmm. but you, you also get a sense of some of the opposite coming exactly. to the fore um it, it's funny how well not funny but it, it's quite uh you get it, something like this sort of shows you how interconnected the world is, obviously. Mm. You know, all the comparisons to the Spanish flu or even SARS. Which is not from Spain, as no. you know. Right. The Spanish flu was never from Spain. Yep. And they were very cleverly, I could be wrong about this, I believe it was from Atlanta. Really? Where it was first first like noted right. as a particular specific strain yeah, right. and right. was very quickly renamed okay. as the Spanish flu. Well, this, of course, is not any longer known as a Chinese mm-hmm. uh, coronavirus or Wuhan virus or whatever it might be, it, it, as it was in the early yeah. days and weeks. Yeah. It's now... What, what is it called? It is... Uh, oh, it's got a few letters and a nine, hasn't it? 19. 19. Uh, yeah, I think it's uh, CO, COVID, COVID-19, okay. I think it's called now. Yeah. Um, this is why it's good to do a podcast with a man who works at a newspaper because <laughs> he just gets all this information and it just stays in his mind. <laughs> or alternatively, he has a stab, has a wild <laughs> stab. <laughs> I just had a moment where letters were floating in front of my eyes and I went, oh, oh those, mm. that will do. Uh Anyway, one of the things that, that 
I mean, obviously, you're seeing the impacts on tourism, you're seeing yep. impacts on restaurant businesses, mm-hmm. you're seeing uh, impacts on the education sector, yeah. which is our, yeah. I think, is our third largest international export. In From Victoria, uh, from Australia. From Victor- I think from Australia. It's going to have, obviously, in the short term, a very big impact, possibly a, a, a long-term impact mm-hmm. as well, as a lot of the, the those potential Chinese students begin to think, oh, do I really want to go to a, a country that so rapidly turns on China, you yeah. know, that yeah. demonizes China in this way? Maybe they explore other alternatives for their educational outcomes and go, oh, maybe Australia's not as great as it seemed on paper. I mean, there's all sorts of impacts that we, we yeah. won't know for years, I no, think. No, no. I think what we can say is that it's going to put an almighty dent in the Australian economy over the next year or two. It will. And that's going to be very hard. Well, the bushfires and drought and all the other things that have been, been the going university on. problem is that the Chinese students can't come here to complete or begin their studies. What do they do? The, I heard a vice chancellor of Melbourne Uni, I think, say it's we're, we're putting in, or it might have been Monash, we're putting in uh, systems so that they can start getting their work done online. Yeah, that's right. Which is great in theory, but the Chinese internet is a very different internet to the internet that the rest of the world has. And if there's course material or study or or references that are not available through the Chinese internet, that's going to make things very difficult. I think there'll be workarounds. I mean, uh, an academic close to me who shall remain unnamed. Do you know academics? I do, I do, yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, Has uh, suggested that in in cases where there's a a firewall issue, the Great Firewall of China is playing havoc with the ability to share or disseminate um, course material, mm-hmm. they'll email them. They will email material as attachments. Okay. Problematic for videos, Is that perhaps. a way around? Well, he or she seemed to think yeah, that it okay. might be. So, okay. I mean, we, I mean desperate yeah, times, desperate des- measures. Exactly, what, I wanted to, yeah. what I wanted to get yeah. at, though, is the, was the uh, the impact on the, the box office mm-hmm. in China. China is a massive market for movies now. It's second in the world in terms of size behind the US. Okay. Tipped to surpass the US. Yep. It had been tipped to be in 2020. I think that's now moved on. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, it's it's getting closer and closer. It is a massive market. Mm. A, a large chunk of that market is domestic. The Lunar New Year weekend, yep. uh, typically the Chinese box office would be worth about $500 million. Yeah. This year it was worth $2 million. Yeah. That's an incredible dent in in the box office. I've read some estimates that put the damage to it already at about a billion dollars yeah. so far. Yeah, and uh, this is in a, a a country where the annual box office is around about nine billion dollars now. Mm-hmm. So you can see already we're in February. Yeah, and a yeah. billion dollars worth of damage to to that sector is enormous. Mm. So I, I guess it's you know it just just sort of makes you realise that when when China sneezes... The world catches a cold. <laughs> oh, I wish neither of us had said that. Here we are. So I would just urge you, should you normally go and eat in Chinese restaurants and have been too afraid to do so, I urge you to reconsider, especially if you work in town, you know, and you and your mates will go for a nice Chinese luncheon from time to time. Maybe it's time to start that regular practice up again. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not in any position to give any definitive health advice, but I would just urge right. people to be rational yeah. about assessing the the 
level of threat versus the level of damage yeah. that uh, concern is doing to the you know the financial well-being and the structural financial or economic mm. well-being of a whole bunch of things in yep. in this country and beyond. I've I've read all kinds of bizarre things about coronavirus and how you can catch it in headlines from English newspapers. <laughs> well, and and you others. can catch it from reading the headlines. No, <laughs> the headlines tell bizarre. <laughs> it really ways is that contagious. You, that you can it? catch this. It is not as contagious as Ebola. So why don't you look up, if you're listening in Victoria, look up the Vic, Vic Health or in New South Wales or wherever you're listening to, look up a responsible authority on the best precautions that you should or, or need or don't need to take on this. I'm as baffled by this conflicting evidence as you are. Did you kill my son, Terry? Look at me! Terry murdered a child. Everything he does after that is like he's begging us to catch him. What kind of criminal does that? He didn't do it. I'm watching this show on Foxtel uh, called The Outsider. Yeah. And I am so loving it. Okay. It's based on... Is it worth your subscription? Yeah. Uh, No, no, because my subscription costs a fortune. One hundred thirty bucks. Yes. Yeah, compared to ten or twelve. One of the other guys. Look, if I were being really rational about this, and if if my subscription were not part of a bundle that is impossible to disentangle, (laughs) I I would long ago, long ago, have either cancelled it or called them up and told them I was going to cancel it. See what they offer, and see what they offer. Yeah, Yeah. which would probably be like, we'll give you one hundred and thirty bucks a month to Mm. keep. Please, somebody to needs it. to. We need somebody out there watching <laughs> and telling people about it. Well, it's an interesting thing because Foxtel's model is part subscription revenue and part advertising. Mm. So the advertising becomes less valuable as the numbers go down. Yeah. So they need numbers. They yeah. desperately need numbers in order to justify what they what they charge for the ads they sell. So anyway, that aside, yes. the outsider, yes. which has cost me a fortune, but <laughs> it is it is great. It's based on a Stephen King novel. Okay. Okay. Uh, there are definite shades of it to this storyline. Mm-hmm. It stars Ben Mendelsohn mm-hmm. as a police detective. Love him. Yes, as a police detective investigating a child murder. Mm-hmm. And what I love about it is that it plays like a dead straight crime procedural, mm. but then the main suspect, as the show evolves, mm. turns out to be a ghoul. And Is there it, a definition of a ghoul? Well, otherworldly. Okay. Not a regular human Not being. Not a human. Okay. Not a human being. Some sort of spiritual aberration, let's okay. call it. Yep. And it's treated completely matter of fact. Mm-hmm. It, it's not playing for not even playing for scares particularly. It's sort of demanding that you give credence to this kind of inexplicable occurrence, this this Mm -hmm. presence. Anyway, it's just just great. It's a a terrific cast and it's a really, uh, really well-told story, beautifully directed. Shades, I think, of uh, True Detective in its sort of Mm -hmm. styling, Uh, certainly season one of True Detective. Um, it, It definitely shades of... It in the sense of this kind of otherworldly thing that has an appetite for children, specifically yep. for children, the kind of allegorical elements that are there in a lot of Stephen King's work about the sort of what lurks just beneath the surface of uh, normality in middle America. It's great. I would okay. heartily recommend chasing it down if you can. Okay. We're, it's, it's dropping week by week. Mm-hmm. I've seen the first seven. There are ten in the series. Okay. Uh, 
I don't have a good feeling about how it's going to turn oh, out. Oh, dear. I don't know if Ben will be back for season two. Uh, well, Ben is... He's a busy man. He's an in-demand actor. He certainly is. He's almost what you would call a character actor. Yeah, he's he is absolutely a character actor, but he's a character actor who's become a leading man. Well, I was by being a character actor. Yeah, it's a funny, which is very leading unusual. man character. It's, yeah. it's it's odd. I yeah. don't expect to see him in an American rom com, as they call them. I, I'm just trying to think. I mean, well, he you know he he did kind of play in an Australian rom com. I guess you'd say Big Steel was an oh, Australian yeah. rom. Yeah, well, it yeah. was a rom com, really. Yeah, it was. That was that. But it was a very was long time ago. A long time ago. Yeah. And um, anyway, I I don't think I'll watch this. This doesn't sound like anything that I could possibly stomach. But your loss, I, Andrew I, Young. I don't have the fox, so that means your it, gain, yeah, Andrew Young. My, I, 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 every <laughs> month, I have one hundred and thirty dollars more than you. I always watch the Oscars, as you know, and we always we, we used to have a party when it was on at the night and before the internet. Now yeah. we have the internet, and so the internet ruined everything. I, I yeah. So now you it was kind of thrilling to not listen to the news all day and to block your. Did ears. you do that this? Yeah. yeah oh right. no no. Well, I watched it live. You mean in the past? In the past. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was yeah. it was a thrill. I can remember yeah, going right. to the post office and going, oh, I, someone had their car radio on and walking past with my fingers in my ears. It was a willing suspension of disbelief, and yeah. it was possible pre-internet. Mm. Yeah. But it's like you can't, you do, can't do that now. No. So if you're not going to watch it live, fortunately this year it was live on free-to-air television. There were some some really enjoyable moments in the telecast, yep. I reckon. Now, it's, it is – I found – you know, I, we, we uh, place bets and drink a lot of wine, sparkling wine, and have a big party. This Monday it was completely sober. There was no wine. Really? There was no gambling. Ooh. There were just uh, notional bets, like who do you think – And, and so, so – did the abstinence party gathering enjoy the Oscars? No, it was, it was just it was just me and my wife. Right. Okay. Right, right. I, I wouldn't. I, I had uh, work to do subsequently and mm. and required sobriety. That's normally for me when I'm working. I need to keep. Whereas I yep. at work mm. busily blogging away. Everybody knows journalists. Everybody tanked. knows you guys what you do. I I, I have once had the experience of yeah. going to watch this as a social thing live. Yeah, yeah. At, at a cinema. Cinema Nova yeah. does. Uh, I know. Does a big sort of industry. They boast this on their website. Yeah, yeah. Private events. Once, once I've been to it. Yeah. Right. Every other time, yeah. I've been working. Yeah, it's like, yeah. you know, so people said to me, oh, were you there on, on Monday? It's like, no, no I was tapping was away with my two fingers. Do you know how long <laughs> it takes with two finger <laughs> typing to type as many words as I did? A lot of the awards exactly as long were, as the Oscars run. were easy to predict. Okay. Yeah, there was a couple of unpredictable things yep. in the in the awards. I think by now everybody who's listening oh yeah, who every, paid any attention everyone to knows what happens. knows what they we, were. We don't need to, to to go too deeply into it, but that American chauvinism I talked about last time did mm-hmm. assert itself from time to time. I did? thought did yeah in the uh, American Factory uh, the short. Uh, the no, feature the, the doc. doc documentary yeah. and the the girls uh, was it uh, the skateboarding film uh, shot in Afghanistan real mm. girls can skateboard or something mm. like all their all their competitors were really serious films from the Middle East and overseas and this being from Afghanistan but still an American movie I thought oh, well yeah no surprises there I was surprised of course by Parasite as was uh, some people, but not all. But some of my highlights were uh, the 
the amount of diversity to make up for the lack of diversity mm. in in the the performers and some of the hosts and 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 a, a bizarre i don't know you 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 can help me with this was that the first time hip hop has been featured in a complete live like a whole song by Eminem was the performer is that the first time hip hop has been on the stage at an Academy Awards in terms of an entire performance? And if it was, to have a white man yeah. as the I, the flag waver, I of could the I first, could not tell you whether mm. that is the first time because I'd, I'd say if there's ever been a nominated song that you might call. Mm-hmm. Hip hop ish, yeah. Then, then that, then that will have mm. featured. I mean, the thing about the Eminem number yeah. was like, why? Yes, now, and, and quite aside from yes. the question of quite, his of, ethnicity, of, yeah, just I'm leave that aside you, for I'm a minute. There too. Why? Yeah. What's why? that song doing there? Why? It had no, mm. to the best of my knowledge, yep. no association with the film. Right. I think it was in a film that he made called Five Mile, Eight Mile, Eight Mile. Yeah, right. I think but, it was I mean, from that film. Was it? Okay. Yeah, fine. I think. But that film came out what maybe ten years I know, ago. I know. I'm, I'm. I'm. I was equally perplexed. I was glad to see Questlove there yep. on the drums. Re- yep. Reminded me of when Sheila E. and who's that producer Pharrell did all the, the interstitial music in the, on the drums and percussion. That was great to see. And Janelle Are you Monáe, talking about at the Grammys? Or yeah, uh, no, that was, no, it was at an Oscars a few years ago. Oh, Pharrell okay. and Sheila Ree were in a balcony right. overlooking, um, playing percussion and drums right, okay. and doing like play-out music between I'd, at the end. Of, I had completely forgotten I, that. Okay. I would never forget this. Right. It's something I will never forget. Cause <laughs> There's was, a drummer. It was, was two. <laughs> it was very cool. Uh, so I enjoyed that. I enjoyed... I enjoyed the recap rap, especially by uh, a man who I didn't know, but I've got his name here, Utkash Ambudka. Do you remember the recap yeah, rap? Yeah, I do. I yeah. thought that was very cool. There's a bit of controversy. People are saying, ah, he uh, had those names in rehearsal the day before. Ah, it's very interesting how he had those. Ah, and it is interesting how, for instance, uh, the, the best-dressed woman of the evening as far as I'm concerned. Sorry, sorry. Yeah. When, when people are saying he had those names in rehearsal the day before, are they – Supposing that, or did no, there, no, was there no, evidence? no, no. I read a report saying that that people who were in the crew and stuff were, were noticed a, a, an uncanny similarity between his rehearsal rap and his real rap. Really? And it does say at the end, only Cooper's Price Cooper's Waterhouse yeah, yeah, yeah. employees know the details, but. It's always a strange coincidence that you have someone in the audience who would never be there normally who's there and they happen to win an award and you have... Well, well who's that who would not oh, ordinarily be there? Oh, I, I can't think off the top of my head. I mean, I've got head, to say yeah, that yeah, it, yeah. it is not at all unusual mm. for people who are nominated yeah. to be in the oh, audience. Oh, no, 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 I wasn't talking about... No, 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 no. Um, I thought it was interesting that they had a, a female a conductor, right. Ama... Noon, yes. Who, who I thought was the best yes. dressed, the best dressed woman. Of, she was wearing like a gold yeah. majorette's uh, outfit, uh, semi-military with bandoliers. Looked great. And uh, Hilda Goodna Dottier, a female composer, happened to win the uh, award for the composition for soundtrack. And little coincidences like that do abound, and I do find them interesting. Interesting. She was, but second best dressed as the uh, air vice commodore of the international star fleet of the galaxy was Olivia Coleman for sure. She was wearing this magnificent kind of space age air commander's outfit. 
the guy that you like, Timothy Chalamet, showed up. Is very the guy that I like. You're the one who you've got the crush on him. Maintenance man chic. I don't know if you <laughs> noticed. We we thought at first he was wearing a, a satin boiler suit, but it turned out to be two pieces of uh, very um, gl- glamorous workwear. Uh, but but Kaza Huru Huro Kazahiro, who was a best makeup. Uh, award winner. He was my best dressed man of the evening for sure. You can look at him on the internet and see how svelte he is. There was a lot of velvet uh, jackets, velvet dinner suit jackets with uh, regular uh, woolen dinner suit trousers. That was nice to see. It was a better dressed Oscars from the man point of view than I have seen for quite a while. So I was very happy about that because that's something that is more important to me than the films really, how people dress. Really? And it was great to see Cher. I don't know if you noticed her. I didn't see Cher. Cher was there with all the uh, Frozen girls singing uh, towards the end. Right. Uh, they had all these girls who do the voices for yep. Frozen, which I don't understand, but I think it's an animated film. Yes, And they sing that. and they sing. And I thought, actually, I'm not being uh, nasty. I actually thought that was one of the best things, having these voices who nobody really sees, having them all on stage together, all doing it and singing the song, which I, I didn't really like the song, but I thought, I thought that the was, song was horrible. a lovely yeah. gesture, having all of those young women together singing that song. It mm. sounds a bit sentimental, which means you're not going to believe me, but there you go. It's true. What have you done with the real Andrew Young? <laughs> oh, I have to say, Anthony Ramos, who uh, was appeared very briefly, who, who was apparently a, a star from Hamilton, his 18th century sommelier's outfit I thought was very cool as well. Uh, you know, quasi-military, but also very servile, little cravat. Can I just say, we have such different experiences of the Oscars. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm not two-fingered typing. No, man. I use all my fingers so, when I so type. So I'm looking. I'm looking up at these things. I'm going, "Who's that? Oh yeah, okay, right. What are they saying? Bang, mm, right." Mm. So, I, I, as a viewing experience, yeah. the Oscars to me are, you know, it's a what is it? Three and a half hours or something. It is, it yeah, is three and a half of hours, of which yeah. I probably have about twelve minutes of eye contact, mm-hmm. and mostly it's it's is, an oral is this experience. A boast? Is, uh, no, 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 no. You're no. saying it's a shame. It's you an all admission. This, it's all an this admission. stuff that I get, yeah, out of yeah, it. you yeah, get yeah. none of it. You I get, get none, none of, of the clothes. No, get, no, the Oscars is not yeah. like that. Was a really enjoyable ceremony mm. slash boring ceremony. I mean, it's like it's about what happened, mm. right? So it, it's uh, it's very much sort of like a. I guess you call it like it's a traditional news event for me. Yes, right? okay. it's a thing yeah. about like who, what, where, when, mm, mm, you mm. know, and it's like not what do they wear, what do they look like. Ford versus Ferrari won two awards. Thanks for, for sound. That. I was very happy about mm, that. Mm, that was good. Mm, that was good. Don't you mm, think? Yeah, yeah. I was very happy. About um, that. It won for best editing, I think, yeah. as well as sound editing. Mm-hmm. You said two for sound. I thought I, think were, was, I thought I was one editing. I, I wrote it down. Don't worry. Go on, write it down. Tell no, us wrote what you wrote down. down. Editing. Yeah, Ford versus Ferrari. Yeah. Bombshell. Makeup. Yeah. Yeah. Best actor, Joaquin Phoenix. Yeah. Look, it's been observed. Zelly. Yeah, yeah. Zelly won it, Best it, Actress. You, yeah, you yeah, predicted that. Zelly. Zelly. <laughs> You're oh, on second-name basis with her now, eh? Oh, look, we, we go way back. Our, our affection for each other is well-known. Yeah. So uh, it has been observed mm-hmm. that the uh, rather uh, neglectful treatment of women mm-hmm. was echoed mm. in the, uh, the awards that the female... Uh, sort of later oriented films picked up. Yeah. So Little Women yeah. won only for best costumes. Of course. Well, uh, I didn't think it had Bombshell won for hair and makeup. Yeah. 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 It's like, yeah. 
oh, mm. could we pick two more girly awards to give the girly films? I yeah. mean, yeah. I understand why people feel a little bit sort of peeved about that. Oh, absolutely. And and and, and a few sp- there were a few speeches that reflected that mm. as well. No, quite a few. Yeah. And, I mean, although and, I think probably the best line on that topic yeah. came from uh, Chris Rock and Steve Martin. <laughs> yes. who, who observed there was something missing amongst the well, directorial nominees. And, and, uh, Vaginas. And here I have to give a nod to Rebel Wilson. And if you have a look at her little BAFTAs presentation, which I might put up on our website, she gets there before them and does it in a much cooler way. It's right. very, starts off being moderately funny, ends up being very, very funny and very cool and understated and really well done. Looks like, you know, she's holding it like she's written it out and it's very good and um, they, yeah, that was definitely something that was mentioned there as mm. well. Mm. And, yeah, the... But look, the the big story is Parasite winning uh, mm-hmm. first foreign language film to have won the Best Picture Oscar. Mm-hmm. A few people have pointed out that, of course, The Artist won Best uh, Picture. I know. Uh, and that was a French film. And However, it has only one word in it, and the only word in it is hello. <laughs> <laughs> I love that film. I have my own I have my own Blu-ray disc of that film. And so I don't think I foreign, don't think you can legitimately say so, that it was a foreign language well, hello film. Hello is an English word. <laughs> Even though it's a German magazine, it is an English word. And uh, And silence is a common language, it, I think. It is a German magazine, isn't it? Hello? Hello, no, it's English. No, no. I think Hello UK is English, but I thought uh, another another thing for us to look up. We are uh, steeped in ignorance on the clappers. The, the things that we don't know is <laughs> quite quite amazing and astounding. Joaquin's speech. Yeah. People are talking about it. Yeah. What do you think? I, I tried to take it down, and then as I was typing away, I just went, oh, look, I'm giving up. I don't <laughs> – I think he's talking about veganism now. It he, was for a bit. It it, well, no, bit. I think it, early on it was kind of like a broad thing about social justice and, yep. and you know, exploitation and blah, blah. And then it, then it sort of like peeled off into exploitation of animals. I think – Absolutely heartfelt. Mm-hmm. Um, he is a vegan, and uh, he's a vegan, and That's he true. has every right to be. And it is, it's a you know, it's a pretty morally uh, unassailable position. I think really, it's not. I, I can't pretend to be a vegan. I'm not. Uh, you can't I, pretend to be I did, anything. I did have a long spell of being. Book. I did have a long spell of being a vegetarian. Okay. Um, and again, I think vegetarianism is a very morally defensible position. It is a superior position to eating meat, but I eat meat, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I'm a flawed human being. But it was kind of like, I don't know where he's going with this. And by the end of it, I really was completely lost. And I just gave up. I tried mm-hmm. I tried to take it down and make sense of it and went, ah, I'm sure. Hard. I'm sure there's a transcript available for, yeah. for the interest but, of listening. But, you know, in the... Uh, you know, in that with that pressure of trying to keep roughly uh, up with what's just happened, mm. be no more than say fifteen to thirty seconds behind what's yeah, just yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was impossible no, to actually no. make shape of that. I've been thinking a lot about some of the distressing issues that we are facing collectively, and I think at times we feel, or we're made to feel, that we champion different causes. But for me, I see commonality. I think whether we're talking about gender inequality or racism or queer rights or indigenous rights or animal rights, we're talking about the fight against injustice. We're talking about the fight against the belief that one nation, one people, one race, one gender or one species has the right to dominate, control and use and exploit another with impunity. 
We feel entitled to artificially inseminate a cow, and when she gives birth, we steal her baby. Even though her cries of anguish are unmistakable, and then we take her milk that's intended for a calf and we put it in our coffee and our cereal. And I think we fear the idea of personal change because we think that we have to sacrifice something to give something up. But human beings at our best are so inventive and creative and ingenious. And I think that when we use love and compassion as our guiding principles, we can create develop and implement systems of change that are beneficial to all sentient beings and to the environment. There's a lot of hubris in the acting profession. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of actors who have a sense of their own mission when they receive an award Mm. and they cease to become actors and start becoming advocates for various things and it almost always falls flat because of their hubris and because of their hypocrisy. At the Golden Globes, and this is always enjoyable to watch, you can watch in a little pack, Ricky Gervais. Ricky Gervais taking the air out of that whole train. Yeah, Yeah, he did. He stopped that straight away. I won't use the swear words that he used, but he basically said, get up here, get your award, thank your agent, thank you, God, and get leave. Yeah. Yeah. And Look, it was funny. Pete, but, but it, was, I think, it was very funny. But I think it was also a bit kind of mean-spirited. I mean, mm-hmm. I, I, I have a different view on this, a totally yeah, different yeah, view on yeah, this. Yeah, yeah. I, but at the same time, I don't think that you could doubt his sincerity. Yeah. Uh, he, he seemed completely sincere and not overly vain or in self-involved in terms of his own presence and power. I would have said the opposite of vain, really. Yeah, yeah. I, I think, yeah. I think but I'm there seemed to be a genuine of, humility. No, in terms of that. when you see an actor get up yeah. and, and deliver their, their speech for whatever cause it is that yeah. they think has been neglected and, you know, whatever. Uh, so I wasn't I wasn't bothered or disturbed by it, but at the same time, you know, I'm, I'm a cynic. Yeah. So, my, as I say, I have mm. a very different view mm. on that. And, and my view is that if an actor has something to say mm-hmm. on a topic mm-hmm. that they think is going to improve the lot of humanity mm. right? and they have a platform for 45 seconds which by the way yeah. extended to about three <laughs> minutes 45 <laughs> seconds in the case of several of them I mean it really did no I know when, the 45 when, second rule was out no, the window no, no one really got played off I thought I think there was one um, and I can't remember what it was it might have been a technical award somebody yeah. got I got the orchestra wind up but there was only one yeah, occasion yeah, I think yeah, through the whole ceremony I, yeah. I didn't mind that Brad Pitt I, I, noted only 45 seconds he went a bit longer yep. but you know nobody will nobody's going to say get off Brad right no, okay no. Uh, Joaquin way over oh yeah. many others way yeah. over the, right? the best Renee picture. Zellweger oh. way over and totally pointless now the point I was yeah. going to make though yes, yes, is yes. that if they've got something to say mm-hmm. if they can say it in a coherent way preferably in an entertaining way or mm-hmm. a moving way and it is something that they genuinely believe is going to improve the lot of humanity and they've got a platform there to do it mm. right Go for it, I say. Go for it. If they get up there and they've got nothing to say (laughs) and they're going to use their three minutes plus, as Renee Zellweger did, Mm -hmm. to say nothing Mm. with great eloquence Mm. or, well, no, not eloquence at all. I noticed her accent really came out during that speech, the longer she spoke. Then I just think, don't do it. Get off. Get Mm. off. I mean, if if somebody's got, got, got like a political point to make, make it. Make it. Just make it entertaining. Hmm. Make it smart. Make it incisive. Well, that's what Noel Make Coward it something say. that people are going to go, oh, 
I hadn't thought of that. You know, mm. what? What's that? I'm going to find out more. You, you can know? make plays about kitchen sinks, but they mustn't be boring. Yes, exactly. They must be good. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. And that's really all, that's mm. my view on that mm. entirely. I don't begrudge them taking the, the opportunity to speak to three, four hundred million people. You know, mm-hmm. if it's going to make a difference and make this a, a better world, go for it. Okay. It began as a holiday. Eager to escape a bright future on the Great Plains, Arthur Howitzer Jr. transformed the series of travelogue columns into the French Dispatch, a factual weekly report on the subjects of world politics, the arts, high and low, and diverse stories of human interest. You don't think it's almost too seedy this time? No, I don't. Decent people. Supposed to be charming. He assembled a team of the best expatriate journalists of his time. Berenson, Sazerac, Kremens, Roebuck Wright. These were his people. Just try to make it sound like you wrote it that way on purpose. I watched the trailer for a film today, Carl, and I immediately regretted it. (laughs) Because it was no good? No. Well, I can't. Normally, I can tell from the trailer if I'm going to want to watch the film. And I will want to watch this film. What's the film? I'm in suspenders here, Andrew. I don't know what it's called. It's the new Wes Anderson film. It's called The French something or other. It's called French Dispatch. There you go, French Dispatch. It looks amazing, of course. It has even more of a cast of well-known characters than you normally get with a Wes Anderson film. Bill Murray, of course. Bill Murray, of course. Tilda Swinton. Adrian Brody. Francis McDormand. uh, Jeffrey Wright. uh, Benicio Del Toro. So, so many. Lea Seydoux. It just keeps going and going. But it's not out till August. It's like six so, months so away. So your regret yeah, in watching this. Yeah, I don't want to know about this film till the day before it comes out. So you're saying too soon. Too it, soon. Too soon. Don't tell me about any film that I might want to see <laughs> until it's coming up really soon. I don't want to have to think about it. I don't want to be reminded about it. I don't want to be on the edge of my seat or on tenterhooks or any other of those cliches. I just don't – don't tell me about it till I've got some – it's in the next week's coming out. Do you want to go, yeah, yeah, I can fit that in. That'll be good. I kind of like to know what's okay. coming. I, You're planning I do. your life six months in advance, are you? No, no, no. I'm not planning it six months in, event, in advance. No, but I think that it's become increasingly important for movies that are not blockbusters. Yeah. This is to, not a blockbuster. That's right. Yeah. To sow the seed of anticipation. Okay. Right? No because getting people into the cinema yeah. is so damn hard. Yeah. It it's is. really hard. It oh, that reminds me. What? Uh, on the getting people into the cinema part is really hard. Mm. Normally, you would get at the end of the Oscars, they would often re-release some of the films, especially the ones that maybe were out earlier, so mm. that people will now want to go and see them because they've won Oscars, mm. right? Mm. Not, not that's a normal thing. I feel that this is the first year I've known. It's the first year I've noticed. May not be the first year it's happened. Practically every film is now available to stream. Well, a really interesting thing, right? Which so is not going to get people in the cinemas at all who otherwise might not necessarily so. So, a really interesting thing. Uh, Parasite has been yep. open. It's been screening for something like 34, 35 weeks in Australia, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, opened in June been last for year. Ages, it's yeah. a, that's a really, really long run yeah. these days. Yeah. yeah, it's done decent box office. It's done yep. about two point nine million here, which for an Asian film is big dollars. Yeah, um, it has. Uh, it was screening on fifty five uh, screens, I think, the week before the Oscars, mm-hmm. uh, going to ninety the mm-hmm. week after. Right? Yeah. But it is yeah. also available for streaming. Yeah, it at is, the I same know. time. Yeah. I think this is where we're going with cinema. I absolutely do. I think that the, increasingly the the model that Netflix has been utilising with uh, the short release window and then in, in cinemas and then mm. and then it's streaming. Mm. 
I think a variation of that is where we're going to head at some point, where you'll get you'll get films in the cinema for maybe a month, mm-hmm. and then they will be available to stream. And they may keep playing in cinemas. So long mm. as people want to go and see them on the big screen, they will stay well, there. That's what I'm wondering. So you've dealt pretty pretty much doubled the screen amount of screens to go and see Parasite, which I'm sure a lot, a lot of people I've heard talking about it didn't even know it existed and now think you know how people are. If they see five stars, they'll see it. If they see it's won an Oscar, yeah. they'll see it. Um, I hope... I actually do. There are certain businesses that I, I wish would continue and that I like. And most cinemas most would be one of those. Cinemas would be one yeah. of those. Yeah. Most cinemas that I would prefer to continue and enjoy a healthy business. Yeah. And I, I hope that this doesn't stop you know people from going. A lot of people. Yeah. No amount of enticement is going to get them out of the out yeah. of the uh, out, yeah. out of the home and to the cinema. And that's a shame. That's yeah. you know that's their loss. I think. I do but, too. But the reality is, there's still a, there's still a potential audience member. Yeah. So if you can get it in front of them in some way, yeah. where they're paying for it yeah. directly, yep. and that is the paid streaming model, then that's that's of benefit to the distributor of the film, right? Yeah. So uh, that is that is that's a market that has to increasingly be tapped into for mm. films like a Wes Anderson film or a Parasite or whatever to become profitable and therefore to be sustainable as a kind of product that gets made. Yeah. Right. And at the moment we're in we're in a state of flux. We're mm. we're at a tipping point where you know the, the the Marvel films are never going to go onto that month in the cinema and then streaming model. I don't, okay. well, at least not for a long time. Okay. I think they're going to they're going to be you know they're the films that people go to see, right? Yeah. Right or wrong in terms mm-hmm. of you know what they're choosing, they're the ones that will get people to go and spend money on popcorn and ice yep. creams and cokes and sit there and mm. and you know keep cinemas in business. Yep. The art house movies, the smaller films that are or the mid market films like a Wes Anderson or a Parasite, mm-hmm. are really really ha- or the light uh, lighthouse, Pandora, you know, the lighthouse. Yeah, these are hard to get people to go and see. But you know what? I think lighthouse. And certainly, has- most Australian films are really hard to get. people it's see. true. I, I have a feeling Lighthouse has got some mainstream appeal. All kinds of people that you would not think would even be aware of it. I've, I've been hearing talk about I it. Don't I don't. I'm not sure. No, about. I don't know that I would say okay, mainstream. When I say mainstream, I mean people who would not normally go to a film festival. Yeah. People who would not normally yeah. see what is called an art house film. People yeah, who yeah. normally see yeah. the well-known um, blockbusters and and famous actor. So I'm going to expect rom- you to tell me what you made of it next next time we meet. Yeah. Because yeah. yeah. Yeah, you were so excited about seeing I was, it, I, but you haven't done it yet, have well, you? Well, I, I, yeah. I'm a man yeah. of limited time. I have yeah. this podcast. I have a radio program. I have DJ gigs. Got to wash your hair. Got to wash your I hair. I have got to shave my head. <laughs> I have to work at my job. I have many, many domestical tasks that wouldn't get done were it not for he squeak, who squeak, sits squeak, in front of me. No, no, I'm just saying no, I'm why, play- why sometimes I don't get to go and see a movie. I'm playing the world's I'm just, squeakiest don't, small don't violin. Tell me about your damn violin. <laughs> um, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good challenge though. Yes, I will be uh, making every effort to go between now and next, wed- not yet, ne- next Wednesday to see this film, The Lighthouse. That's it from the Clappers this week. And I don't know if we're reaching 300 million people, but we hope we've enlightened, enlarged your worldview in some small way. I hope Carl's made the world a better place (laughs) in his speechifying. (laughs) I'd just like to thank my agent. (laughs) And your God. Oh, my God. My God. Absolutely. (laughs) 